안녕하세요. Good morning. Good morning. My dear brothers and sisters, clergy and ambassador for peace. 안녕하십니까? Oh, I am really busy every day because the I need to prepare to go to my home and then uh, you know it took around uh, two days to go to my home very far from here so I think uh, that's why uh, I need to prepare some speech you know and the recording and that's why I'm every day so much busy about that however I'm so excited to go back to my home. Uh, I can have a good time with my family, Christmas party, and also sending off the, this year. My brothers and sisters, uh, today I'd like to talk about more uh, the moving south and, and the providential period of preparation from True Mother's uh, Anthology 1. So I'd like to invite Heavenly Honey, please read. Moving South and the Providential Period of Preparation. After meeting with True Father, Damonim began a church in Chunchan, and I went to Bongui Elementary School located there. Around the time I graduated from that school, the laying on of hands incident occurred and Damonin was imprisoned. At the time, I was supposed to take my middle school entrance exam, but I had given up on it because Damonim was not there with me. Then my maternal uncle who lived in Seoul heard about this and he came to Chunchan to take me to Seoul to take the ent entrance exam there. Recruiting of new students for the first semester was already finished, but the recruiting for the second semester was still going on. So I took the entrance exam for Sunjung Middle School, now Sunjung Middle School, and I passed. I moved from Chunchan to my maternal uncle's home in Shindangdong, Seoul, so that I could attend Sunjung Middle School. The role of woman is very important in the course of the providence of restoration. In preparing for mother's mission in particular, God followed a painstaking course hidden from human eyes within the confines where he would not be subjected to Satan's accusation. Grandmother Jo Wan Mo and Hong Sune Damonim lived their entire lives in faith and preparation to receive the returning Lord. They did not compromise with the world or practice empty faith within an apathetic family environment. Instead, they dedicated 24 hours a day to serving heaven and devoted themselves to making preparations to receive the Lord. Since my mother's investment in her life of faith caused her to be rarely at home, I lived mostly with my grandmother. So I naturally inherited my faith from my grandmother. Thank you, Heavenly Honey. Uh, my brothers and sisters, in our life of faith, what we have to watch out for the most is idle faith. 
habitual fate. And then fate tied down by tradition. With this kind of the fate, even if the Lord comes down to this earth, you cannot receive divine revelation from God. Through mother's grandmother and demonim's consistent faith through the devotion, chongsam, and faith of the honest longing to meet the Lord is what ultimately let them meet. You know, this is a really great exemplary through mother's uh, mother demonim and then through mother's grandmother, Joe one more. Their entire life have the life of a chongsam and almost a sincerity. And then one of the most important things, their honest heart and longing and longing and longing and longing heart. When can I see? When can we see the Lord? This kind of the mindset and attitude. Why? You know, through mother's mother, Demonim, and then through mother, grandmother, Joe, one more, how they met the Messiah. Of course, the Jongsong is a basic foundation, but most important thing is very honest, longing to meet the Lord, longing heart, truly, truly longing heart, beyond time and space and wherever they go, they have that kind of the longing heart. So that's why I'm thinking that we met the true parents and received the blessing and became the blessed family. But the faith that this age demands is a filial faith toward God and true parents. That's what I'm talking about the longing heart. So we already met God, we already met true parents, we already found that eternal truth, which is a divine principle. And then this era, you know, demands what? What kind of fate? That is a filial fate. Filial fate is a high known fate, clear vertical alignment. Also, filial fate is living with a heart of serving and longing for parents every hour, every moment. You know, uh, recently I studied more about the true mother's uh, life course. And then I really recently I feel that the more I study true mother's life course, you know, her uh, uh, painstaking course, I feel I have so much longing for our true mother. How she gone through all kind of the trials and hardships. And then not even now still really working very, very, very hard. So I think uh, my brother says, if you practice the fate of the serving, you will come to the live a life of gratitude and a life where God and true parents are directly involved in your life through dreams or words. That's why how, you know, 
through father, uh, through mother's mother, Temunim, and Johunmo, grandmother, always receive the revelation through the dream. Because their life of faith always have that kind of chongsong and then have a longing heart, then directly God intervene and then teach them how to do, where to go. Okay, next. Since my mother's investment in her life of faith caused her to be really at home, I lived mostly with my grandmother. So I naturally inherited my faith from my grandmother. My grandmother knew God's will for me. So she cared for me with sincerity. She raised me in purity, untainted by the world, so that I might become the precious daughter whom heaven could use. My grandmother repeatedly told me, your father is heavenly father. This is all I remember her telling me. Heavenly father is your father. Thus, when we talked about my father, I always thought about heavenly father rather than my natural father. Whenever I thought of God, I always had a warm feeling. Anyone who looked at my family from an external perspective would have found it incomprehensible. Yet, growing up in it, I never felt anything lacking, nor did I have anything to complain about. I lived with a feeling that something or someone was embracing me, and I felt free in my heart. Yeah. How to mother maintain her life of faith? We can learn what is her secret. So most of her, you know, the, uh, most of the hot time is alone. She's alone because demonim is not around her. She's busy here and there. Where's, uh, where's the really uh, prepared John the Baptist? How can I meet the Lord? and pray and pray and here and there. So most of her time is alone. Then how she maintain her life of faith? We can learn here. She say, God is my father. God is my father. God is my father. God is my father. She really, you know, her fundamental faith how she keep her life of faith. This is the point. God is my father. God is my father. So heavenly father always guide her and protect her. That's why my brother senses in our life of faith, sometimes your father is not around you. Your mother is not around you. Sometimes you're alone. So then how you really maintain your life of faith? Let's learn from mother. Always with God. God is with me. He's my parents. He's my father. God, always with me. Heavenly God, you are my father. You are my daddy. You are always with me. That is a mother's, uh, you know, our faith, how she keep her life of faith. Continue. I never asked my mother or my grandmother anything about my physical father, such as why my mother and father lived the way they did. 
Throughout my life, I never had any hard feelings or complaints whatsoever about my physical parents. Thousands of years before Jesus came, God made many preparations for Israel to receive him that remain unknown to this day. In Korea as well, prior to the liberation, he prepared many groups to receive the Lord at his return. Those groups carried out internal work for the providential history of restoration. My maternal grandmother and my mother searched everywhere for those groups. They lived their lives only for the will, preparing for the day when they could meet the Lord. In the end, their sincere and devout life of faith led me to where I am today. Living a virtuous and pure life, they separated themselves from anything impure or evil. I learned this way of life primarily from my mother, but my maternal grandmother, Grandmother Jo, also greatly influenced me. She passed away around the time father and I were married. And after she went to the spirit world, she appeared to the Buddhist priest, Boshao Yunchun Yangchim, and said that the time had come and that he should prepare clothes like the king used to wear. But finally, Yunchun Yangchim went to the spirit world without making the clothes. Grandmother Joe also sent a message that father was the king of kings. And every time there was a change in the national leadership, she said that place was father's place. Yeah, thank you. I really learned uh, many things from through mother's uh, mother Temonim and then Joan Mok grandmother. Wow, our life of faith should be awake all the time. Need to be awake all the time. If you have your habitual life, you know, just only rely on the tradition and just do whatever, anything by duty, just only responsibility, you know, just only or just, uh, based on your daily routine, you cannot meet God. Easily become habitual life. That's why always have to be awake. How can I be awake all the time my life of it? Need to have chong song all the time. One who is doing chong song all the time. Always your heart is alive. Always awake. This is very important. You, want to, you do not awake your life of faith. How can you meet God? You do not know when is the Lord is coming. You have to be very, very sensitive to your life of faith. Without, sens without that kind of sensitivity, you cannot meet God even though God come to you. Even though Heavenly Father wants to guide something to you, but you are not awake, you do not know when he's coming, when he's going out. You do not know. That's why our life of faith always have to be awake. Then how to be awake? Through almost sincerity 
and Chong Song. This is the key. If we do Chong Song, and then our spirit becomes very, very sensitive. No Chong Song, our heart, our emotion become very dull. Don't know what's going on. Leaving divine principle, the relationship between God and the universe. Please read. The relationship between God and the universe can be summarized thus. God is the invisible subject partner, and the universe as a whole is a substantial object partner to God. In accordance with the principle of creation, God's dual characteristics manifest themselves symbolically or in image as individual embodiments of truth, which constitute the universe. The relationship between God and the universe is similar to that between internal nature and external form. It is a mutual relationship like that between dual characteristics, internal and external, cause and result, vertical and horizontal, subject partner and object partner, and so forth. Yeah. Uh, now we are learning about what the relationship between God and the universe. And then uh, based on this EDP content, let's uh, study what Father is talking about, about the relationship between human being and the universe. A new view of the creation. Today, we value the relics left by people of the past. We value the antiques they wore and lived with. However, if there was a grain of sand before your eyes, you must know that it is connected to God's heart. It is a fruit of heart that has come into existence by passing through the hands of God, who is greater than the noblest or the most admirable person. If there was a man who knows the value of a grain of sand and values it like he would value the universe, he is truly a son of God. Wow, how can I reach this kind of a standard of heart? I, this is really for me to be question mark. A person who knows that every single item of creation is the fruit of God's love and heart and appreciates them as universal values, no longer need prayer and faith. That person's level of faith has already made him become a perfect person that is a true person. You see, Father here, you read the part. If there, is a, there, if there was a grain of the sand before your eye, you must know that it is a connect to God's heart. Everything connect to God's heart. It is a fruit of the heart that has come into existence by passing through the hands of God. Amazing, right? Through the hands of God, each item of the, you know, of the old things. Let's, let's see the trees and the plant and everything. Everything, you know, uh, the uh, connect to about God's hand. How really beautiful concept and attitude. Can study continue? All creation is connected in this way. Moreover, connection is made from very small factors. Each one 
of you are life forms from made from 40 billion cells. There's not even one being in the universe centered on God's love. That is, everything that exists in this universe came into being from somewhere other than God's heart. A poet who feels this is a great poet. If there was a poet who feels the heart of the universe by looking at a rustling leaf and could express such feeling in a poem, he or she is a universal poet. Yeah, thank you. If a human being's heart is perfect, that anyone becomes a universal poet and artist and a specialist with a universal level of heart and love in their own field. That's why heart is the really ultimate point. Our heart really, really reaches to the perf perfection. <laughs> anyone can become universal poet. poet. Anyone become universal artist. Anyone can talk to the, the each item of the uh, old things. You can talk to the old thing. You can, you can talk to the tree. You can talk to the plant. You can talk to the ocean. Really kind of inseparable kind of a heart dispute relationship. You know? This is how beautiful it is. If we reach it to perfection, is our heart level is something like that. All each item of the old things become my friend, become my father, become my mother, become my children. How beautiful. God created such a way. I'm talking about human's heart. So, uh, our ultimate goal is really how to become man of the tech on the heart. Continue. If you enter a mystical state, <clears throat> you will find the cosmic law of the universe even within a small grain of sand, and you will find the infinite harmony of the universe within a single atom. Even though one cannot understand everything that exists in the universe, one cannot deny that they have come into being as a result of some kind of composite energy from a molecule to an atom, from an atom to an elemental particle. They do not exist unconsciously, but exist according to consciousness and purpose of some kind. Therefore, you must completely understand that all things have come into being by passing through God's hands, and that they are surely related to God's heart. True Father said you must completely understand that all things have come into being passing through God's hands, and, and that they are surely related to God's heart. Think that clothes I wear and all daily necessities I use and the house I live in, are all given to me directly by God. You need to think about that. God, he's the one who providing everything. Who is God? Let's just say God is sometimes we feel the invisible God. You cannot feel that. If Jesus is still alive, oh, this item, Jesus, he's the one who give me. True Father, give me this handkerchief. True Father, give me his clothes. When you think Everything, whenever you 
relate to any kind of item you wear and you are using. How beautiful. Think that all of my life and relationship came to me through God's hand and through parents' hand and heart. Let's have this kind of attitude. You know, what's the relationship between and all things and human being need to have that kind of the inseparable and artistic relationship. Continue. Who is an enlightened person? An enlightened person is the one who can hold on to a clump of grass and call out God and consider its value to, to be the same as his. A great artist is a person who can sing about its value. If there was a person who could find the beauty of God's love and heart within all beings in the universe that exists in various forms and has the heart to become their friend and rejoice with them, he or she could represent the whole universe. Such a person is the Lord of all creation. But could a person who knows nothing except to eat become the Lord of creation? Yeah. True Father says that the person who can hold on to a clump of grass and artistically recognize each value to be the same as his is the greatest uh, aesthetic and greatest artist. If a person can artistically converse and exchange with it, Every, uh, every, uh, every item of the creation or existence, then, and then that person's heart and uh, love reach the level of completion. You know, recently, uh, do you know that um, we have the uh, beautiful of uh, the monthly, uh, monthly magazine, I think, Shim Jong Bunha, kind of the, uh, you know, the literature of the, you know, heart, the Simjong Magazine, monthly magazine. And then uh, uh, they, uh, they are the committee members, they study about some my small kind of the articles. And then they, record, they, uh, they, they recognize I can become one of their member. So uh, ask, ask me to encourage you to write more. And uh, now I, I become the, one of the member of the, the Xinjiang Munha. So I, am, I already registered. So I am so happy about that. So I, I, I'm getting more uh, uh, older. I really feel that, you know, you know uh, that kind of feeling and heart when I, when I see trees and plants and ocean and people, I, I really can feel that, wow, what father you talking about? Can, can converse with all things and talk. If we have that kind of the heart and mind, more easy to relate to each one of the human being centering on God's heart and love. And today's youth ministry, Moses and his course of faith, based upon providential lessons from Moses killing the Egyptian. 
Moses is a descendant of the Abel's lineage, as you know, because Satan killed Abel through Cain in Adam's family. The opposite indemnity condition was made for heaven's side to hit Satan's side. Moses was very sensitive to right and wrong. Therefore, the fact that Moses saw injustice, took a risk and beat the Egyptian uh, supervisor to death means that he must have thought a lot beforehand. It cannot be said that he murdered him uh, spontaneously. Not just only his, his anger, his anger come out with this Egyptian supervisor and kill him, no. I think Moses think a lot when he see about his people how much really suffering and mistreated by Egyptian people. Moses was furious with the Egyptians. He's so upset and angry with the Egyptians as he watched the Israelites being severely abused and even treated as animals. Moses could not, could not stand it anymore. So he thought he could, uh, he could not live in the royal palace anymore. You know, as an Israelite, he would have the thought about how to end his palace life immediately while living in the bosom of his enemy. However, it was not possible to abandon Israelites and run away alone. His affection toward his people so strong, his affection for Israelites and his love for his people grew deeper and deeper as the Israelites were abused and he developed a heart of the righteousness to fight against the Egyptians. Moses, who was full of patriotism, thought that the opportunity had finally come one day when he saw the Egyptian supervisor abusing the Israelites too brutally. brutally. He beat the Egyptian supervisor to, to the death and buried him in the sand. He would have thought that the Israelites were the only people he could trust now because of his murder of the Egyptian. After killing the Egyptian, Moses was in the situation in which his, his uh, uh, secret would be revealed to the Egyptian court and he would not be able to stay in the palace anymore if, if the Israelites did not believe in or protect Moses. What we can see here is that Moses was already determined to finish his life in, in the royal palace, cannot stay anymore. In other words, this incident was done after Moses decided that he had no choice but to stand in a position of unity with Israelites. In this way, Moses' patriotism toward the Israelites, his determination to end palace life immediately and become one with his people, become the stepping stone for Moses to start a new future. 
at that time, if the Israelites had respected and believed in Moses after seeing the murder of the Egyptian, the condition for the uh, tribal restoration of Canaan would have been established. However, it would be considered that the Israelites doubt whether or not Moses was really on their side. The Israelites may have only known Moses as the royal nobleman or the uh, pharaoh's uh, prince because Moses lived only in the palace. We can see that they didn't know of the Moses' birth and his background and that he had a thoroughly received education about the chosen people by his mother. Israel, Israelites I did not understand much about the Moses' background. However, the Israelites had to believe in Moses because he established enough condition through the killing of the Egyptian to make them think. This is a man who loves the Israelites more than we do. That was Israelites' portion of responsibility. What would have happened to God's providence at that time if Israelites had absolutely supported Moses and became one with him and taken responsibility for and covered his faults? Moses was an educated person from the palace. The people of Israel had to know that he was superior to them in all respects including character, level of education, the Israelites had to think such an amazing figure as Moses should be greeted as their leader because this, uh, uh, this great man be the Egyptian supervisor to death on behalf of the Israelites. From that moment on, they had to respect and follow the person who believed their unfair resentment on their behalf. However, as the murder, as a, uh, as a murder became known by Israelites, Moses could not stay in Egypt anymore. He was left out because no one protected him and no one hid his murder case. Therefore, Moses who had lived in the palace was distrusted by the Israelites and became a loner. In addition, Moses who killed an Egyptian for the Israelites became the enemy of the Egyptian court. Nevertheless, the people of Israel treated Moses as an Egyptian. As such, Moses had no choice but to run away due to distrust from both sides. Let me give you an example of this in Korea bachelor evangelist went on the pioneering mission and a young girl in that neighborhood would secretly leave her house to listen the witness after she heard the divine principle and received the grace. But one day she was caught by her parents and was beaten up for frequently visiting the bachelor evangelist. After that, the young girl came to the bachelor evangelist and discussed what to do. He guided her to stay at the place of family house in nearby city. Like this, in such an environment where both sides cannot accept, they leave their place and run away. 
When a person in the position of the John the Baptist is distrusted by the person or group, God's providence has them leave the current environment and then start again from the bottom. Jacob also left his hometown after being distrusted by his brother. Joseph also left his hometown after being distrusted by his brothers. Jesus' mother also fled her hometown to give birth to Jesus. Moses also had to flee. When Toro father was distrusted by the prepared groups and Christianity, he went to the Hungnam prison in North Korea to prepare for a new start. Wow. When you can learn from Moses killing the Egyptian is that any event has a historical nature. Any incident has a connection to or is related to the past. There are also problems that need to be settled or indemnified. Moses killing the Egyptian was also an event that established a relationship with the future where uh, various uh, personalities are included with one event. Any incident has a historical nature and current problem that need to be settled. There's also something God is teaching you uh, about how to go forward facing the future. Therefore, whether it is a small or a big incident in our lives, we should not deal with it spontaneously, but behave, behave knowing well about the connection with the past, things that must be indemnified in the present and how to move forward to the future uh, through the, this incident. You should always deal with the thing without shame. You shouldn't just deal with the incident with money or material so that it does not become a shameful even when you look back on it. If I fail to deal, uh, deal, uh, deal in a righteous way with the incident I face, it can come back as an increased indemnity condition to, to me. However, I should appreciate, appreciate the incident I face and think that there is a lesson God is giving me. It may be plus when you look at it right now, but when you uh, look back on it, in the future, there will be the time when you feel very ashamed and regretful. It is important to know that if you are in a hurry to deal with a certain incident, regardless of the, uh, the means of the uh, method, you bring about a bigger incident with a greater indemnity. My brothers and sisters, that's why father's life, we can, we can know about the father's life. True father could, uh, could have fled on the ship prepared by his disciple who was discharged from the Hunan prison. But he said that he still had indemnity left to pay there, endure the difficult hardships and became the same in the prison. If true father ran away at the time, what position would come to the standing? This is really incredible story about that. My brothers and sisters, any incident, any happening to my life, do not treat a, a, anything just uh, you know, by condition or spontaneously. 
any even small incident, any happening, the most important thing is I need to put my utmost sincerity. Do not blame anyone. Why happened? Why this accident happened to me? Why to me? Why to my family? Why come to my destiny? If you start to blame here and there, try to run away from that situation and want to, want to solve that problem very quickly. And then sometimes you pay money and give money to somebody and try to hide my fault, my problems. Maybe at the moment, it sort of looks like a plus. Situation is better. But when you think back about your past life in the future, feel very shameful, then that is the problem. That's why any incident, any situation, important thing is, what does it mean? Why this incident came to me? Without blaming someone, I take it happily and always really grateful. Why God gave me this kind of trial, these problems. So, you know, this is a very important point. When through father, he came to the Hungnam prison, he knows that this is my destiny to pay the indemnity. Even though opportunity to came, came and to run away, but he did not run away. Willingly, happily accept this incident. That's why my dear brothers and sisters, in our life of faith, there are all kinds of trials, all kinds of incidents, all kinds of happening. Most important is your attitude. Put your almost sincerity. Treat it. You know, God gave me this kind of incident. And then I need to pay the indemnity. I need to go through this way and then I can grow up and then I can reach it another level. You need to have, you need to think centering on God's point of view. True father carried the great uh, will of heaven. So even when he entered the prison, he was able to set a, a milestone that could make all the people of later uh, generations well, generations well. Likewise, insistent must be dealt with the spiritual ideology and values centered on God have results that we can be proud of in the future. Only when we meet the, this condition and act, uh, can we be proud of it in the future, even though others see as me suffering and failing and being treated with a contempt on the surface. If Moses did not kill the Egyptian, he could not have settled the reality that he was faced with. Although he lived luxuriously in the palace for 40 years, he took huge risk and murdered an Egyptian. My brothers and sisters, people who are attached to reality cannot take risks and they eventually fail because they cannot look ahead to the future. However, those who are attached to the future centering on God's vision 
look for opportunity in the uh, present to uh, take risks and help forward. Wow, we can learn many things actually from central figures course, my dear brothers and sisters. That's why, you know, you are mistrusted uh, by someone, then what to do? Someone ignore you, then what to do? When you lost your foundation, what to do? First, immediately, you need to go down to the bottom. Do not argue. Do not think how to recover quickly. When John the Baptist figure do not accept father, how he did, he immediately go to North Korea and he stopped from the bottom in the Hunan prison. That's why someone mistrust you. You lost the foundation. What is our attitude? Without blaming anyone, do you just go down to the bottom and then really become servant of a servant? And secondly, putting your utmost sincerity, except this is God's will. And the number two, how to overcome? Truly loving your current environment. Truly loving people. Your job is loving current environment, adjusting your environment, and the loving your people, someone around you. This is the way, best way to pay the indemnity very quickly. That's why Moses ran away from the palace and he stopped and go to the wilderness course and adjusting there later on. God called him, right? So we can learn something from our central figures. Thank you very much, Gamsamira.